I'm Chase. And I'm Timothy. And this is Customer Service. What are you doing, Tim? You know I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) You you know when someone knows you or not? When they, like if somebody's talking to me and they're like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, I talked to Tim. And it's like, huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk My dad's dad? name is Tim, so it's just like yeah. a, it's just like a name that you might as well call me Luke. Like I don't hear it, <laughs> Luke, even though it's my name. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just it could be anything. Yeah, yeah. And How he you does doing, it bro? on pur- he does it on purpose now and then to see if he can get my attention just doing see it. I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm good. I'm good. We're back in here. It's finally nice out. Which is great. degree day outside. Yeah, it needed to change. You know what I was thinking about? Did we you're tell in a people? floral shirt? I mean, people. I don't know if people are seeing this or not, but you're in <laughs> something truly divisive. I'm in a for shirt you. that has yellow, blue, turquoise, and white on it. He's not even on vacation. He looks Marnie. Great. Marnie yeah. in Uniqlo. He looks fantastic. Yeah. What were you going to say? Bro, I don't think we've told anybody about the uh, wonderful piece of art we've added to our podcast room. Yeah, we shopped for art on Uline.com. <laughs> yep. I was buying all the boxes for shipping, and you get freebies for you know X amount of money you spend. And there was this beautiful print. I'm looking at it now. It's titled Family Nap Time by Jeff Schultz, presented by Uline. And it is <laughs> four grizzly bears laying along what looks like a riverbed and it's snowing lightly or raining lightly and they're just chilling yeah so nice. we got that mounted here so we can look it's at right it above the right above the podcast desk to remind <laughs> yeah, us it's what so we're sick. all working towards N- next order i'm gonna get another one too all right well we've got a really great guest today it's Ooh, yeah, ken was... frederickson He's a master sommelier. Yep. Um, he does a million other things also, but like that's that's kind of, we touch on wine a lot. Yeah. So it's a good qualifier to have here as he is the cream of the crop. Yeah. Um, we know Ken through uh, my business partner, Bob, mm-hmm. who's been on the podcast. Um, they've been a long, long time friends and he's come by the shop and he shopped with us and we obviously love going to dinner with him. We love having conversations with him about stuff because he definitely appreciates things the same way we do. Just... His is wine, ours is clothes. And it's just like another, it's just like another one of these people where it's like so fun to have conversations with people that are like-minded, even though it has nothing to do with like what they do technically. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a really, I think it's a really fun conversation. Yeah. We get into some really interesting points on wine and like some like, you know, ways to like, kind of like get into it if you're not, or ways to at least draw parallels between what we're doing and, and, and what mm-hmm. we find important and what's in, you know, what's important to our business and our customer, same way, uh, you know, he looks at it. Yeah, so yeah. It, it's, it's a, I think it's, I think it's kind of an eye opening one. I, it was really, and, and you know, he's a fun guy. So it's an easy conversation hour blew by. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, I don't know. Let's yeah. let's uh, we don't need to waste any more time. Sometimes we try to qualify. Let's just get right in the conversation because it's great. Right in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you'll tell we you, you can tell we know him because it's it's an easy one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Easy combo. All right, well, let's get right into it with Mr. Ken Fredrickson. Mr. Ken Fredrickson, coming in now. <laughs> Where are you at right now, Ken? I'm in Florida right now. I just oh. uh, came down for spring break with the family. Nice. Um, I returned from Italy on Saturday afternoon and then came down here on sunday nice. and i'll be down yeah i'll be down here um until thursday and then friday i leave back to italy again actually so goodness uh, goodness gracious yeah. <laughs> it's a crazy crazy bit of travel the next a couple of months which um is it, it's okay it's this time of year you know 
I was going to say, what makes you have to travel for like, for, for, it's for, for business, business for work? Yeah. Yeah. It's for business. So, you know, right now there's obviously, uh, a, a, a good, it's a kind of a good time. Springtime's a good time for in the wine business because in the fall, it's just chaos at the winery. Yeah. Right? So it's, you know, the grapes are coming in and everybody's got things to do. So, a lot of these international trade shows and, and meetings and things of that nature happen in the springtime. So the spring is loaded. Um, you know, there's no shortage of things to do and I don't get to do them all, but I attend Vin Italy, which is the largest expo of, uh, Italian wines. And it happens in Verona, which is a beautiful little town. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, probably 10,000 wineries ascend on Verona and you have this incredible expo. Like I think there was 15 or 16 like tents and they're the equivalent of probably about the size of a football field. Yeah. You really walk a lot and every region has a tent, you know, Campania and Molise and Tuscany, obviously Piedmont, Friuli. And there's just, you go in and there's hundreds of producers pouring their, 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 references and then you know some you know some you don't know well most you don't know i guess and there's a handful that you do business with and mm-hmm. you know if you have a, me- a business review or a meeting something like that maybe you try to find a new producer but yeah. it's a grind it's a it's four days of just i mean i wouldn't take anybody there it's not it's not fun it is oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. you know people always say like oh it must be so awesome you got you're you're in paris you're in new york you're, you're doing these things and you've got these trade shows you see all these cool people i'm like that's true, but it's like when it's work, it's like, no, When I, the way I'm looking at it is I have to meet with 25 people inside of this tight thing. You're trying to schedule with them. The schedules are always all messed uh-huh. up because people are still in the booth and you have to talk business, which is kind of awkward because you're in front of other kind of people that walk in and out. Yep. And it's yep. just like, it, it's really yep. like, it's, yeah, sure. It's cool. But you kind of like eat lunch in a quick corner and then keep moving. It's like not yeah. that romantic necessarily. It's a grind. <laughs> It is a grind. I mean, your guys' work is is very similar. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> I would probably put a parallel. You're doing something like that, and then on the way, because you like food and wine, you find one great restaurant or, or one great winery to visit. I'm the opposite. I try to find one good place to shop for clothes, and yeah. then the rest <laughs> is a grind. So yeah. Yeah. We're living in an inverse world, you know. It's like totally – but, it, but the, yes, it is very similar. And I, you have to really be focused to keep it all together because – you know, you make hay when the sun shines and, yeah, you, and, yeah, of course. and, and at the, at that time, you guys are just like, I'm sure looking for new stuff and yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. So Ken, on that note, like you said, there's, you said 10,000 wineries. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, a, a pretty loose number. Sure, it feels sure. like, it feels like a million, but yeah. I know there's more than more than 4,000 or 5,000 wineries for sure. So with this being your profession and you're obviously have more knowledge than most people on the planet about all this, how often is it that you're like surprised and maybe you find a winery you've never heard of or that you haven't read any press about? Like how often are you out there and you're like, Oh wow, this is, this is next level. Oh, that's a good you know point. Yeah, I mean? Cause like, like we, you know, people ask us that a lot too. Like, cause it's like, there's a lot of, there should be at least in the trade shows. Now it's changed a little bit since COVID, but there should be, it's there to like for discovery purposes. Mm-hmm, is that mm-hmm. what, are, do you use it in the same way? Like Chase is asking. Absolutely. Interesting. Yep. Cool. You go through and you, you know, you riffle through or rifle through both work. 
hundreds of brands, yeah. hundreds yeah, of wines. Yeah. And, and, and most of the time you're sort of just nodding your head. Yep. Mm-hmm, thank mm-hmm. you. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm, yep. yep. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and then yeah. all of a sudden you, you taste, you taste one and you're like, okay, now wait a minute. How, how much is that? X seller yeah. or X works. I'm buying at the source. So they give a price and you're like, okay, then let me taste that again. And then if you really love it, what I do is I go try to find someone like Fernando who works with me or, David Lynch, who's a great friend and is always at these Italian shows, Wait, you know, like something Dave, like that. David Lynch, like Twin Peaks, David Lynch? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. no. I was going to say, I don't yeah. think so, but I have wow. to ask for clarification. I knew where his head was going, and well, I was like, he's already well, asking. Know, yeah, no. Well, you know, there has been several, uh, obviously, uh, or, or uh, producer, movie people, uh-huh. uh, a great a great author, Jay McInerney. Um, oh, yeah. You know, he he came into the wine scene. He's not like now a big wine reviewer. So, you know, you never know. It could have been uh-huh. the David yeah. Lynch from Twin Peaks. But <laughs> no, this is another cat who's, <laughs> who's super sharp. But, uh, you know, the point is I go out and try to grab. I want to find somebody that that sort of verifies. Not that I'm not confident in what I'm, I'm tasting. But when you're in that environment, you know, it's nice to have uh, people that you respect be like, oh, yeah. That wow, that is pretty good. Mm-hmm. And, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. And you kind of hammer, you kind of hammer it out, and then you know, hopefully, you can make a deal or represent it. Um, and that's a whole nother. You know, our agency agreements are typically restricted to Illinois, where my office is. Where you know, I, I'm mm-hmm. based in Chicago, so rarely do we get something for the country. Every once in a while, we'll get offered something for the country for agency agreement, but most of the time, it's just Chicago, which is hmm. big enough. It's big enough for us. So. Um, yeah, I, I found so I did this whole, you know, four days of rigorous tasting, and I think I found three new brands. Oh, so cool! That's re- that's really cool to hear because I, you know, like like Timothy said, if you're liking it to fashion, there's always the big hitters. There's always the big like you know when you go to a show who who the big brand is. But then there's also been times where I know even somebody's coming to the store and had a piece on, and we're like, what? Is that never heard of it? Yeah. In fact, we have like a new brand that we're gonna. Uh, I think they might ship today or tomorrow from South Korea that like is not stateside. We're kind of bringing it in, and it's kind of cool to be the ones to find it. But yeah, I bet that that's super rewarding to find a, a small maker or somebody you've never heard of, and and uh, be able to introduce them to a, a separate yeah. part of the world. Well, maybe we're Man, getting too in the weeds here, Ken, already. But at the same time, like I'm interested because it's like, you know, for example, that brand is is this brand called Frism Works. We, we've kind of heard talk about them. Mm-hmm. We, we've, we've, we've been watching them. It's a small brand out of South Korea. They do a lot of work in like Korea, a little in Japan, really have no stores in the U.S., not sure why. But the, but the silhouettes are super interesting. It reminds me of a couple different things kind of combined into one. No one in the U.S. is really doing anything like it. No one in Japan has like a direct one-to-one for this type of look. And we're really excited to bring it in. I guess I wonder like, what are, what are those parallels for, for wine? Like, I, I feel like there's, there's gotta be five. Cause it's almost like, that's like what I'm dealing with, with like, where does it come from? Well, the South Korea part's interesting. There's not a ton of brands out of there, although we've been mm-hmm. actually working with a few more recently. It seems like there's kind of something going on there right now yeah, in fashion. Yeah. And then like, here's the silhouettes. Here's like the fabrication. Here's the price. Is there something kind of like, is there like kind of like a kind of like a five tenets that are kind of similar to like how you would like decide if the wine makes sense or like what makes it interesting? A hundred percent. So first of all, you know, it kind of just made the hair on my arm stand up listening to you guys run through that. How you find a new <laughs> yeah. brand. I'll walk it all the way back to where, you know, some cat rolls in your store wearing something that you like. It's very similar for me where I'll be 
in a social environment or I'll be at a restaurant in another city or something like that. And I'll taste something. And I'll be like, wow, that is really good. And then I'll start to, you know, Google it and say, Hey, does this have representation in, in, in Chicago or mm-hmm. is this, yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. So I'll look to see if it's got a, anybody, you know, representing it. And then, you know, hopefully be able to track it down. And if it, if it requires getting on a plane, if it's good enough to go take a meeting, uh, that's what we'll do. We'll yeah. either myself or I'll send one of the guys on the team and we'll go, we'll go track this thing down to try to bring it in. Because I think that the way to be competitive is to really be open to how quickly the environment changes. And if there's a, a region that's doing things that are, you know, up and coming sort of, as you describe South Korea, um, I would probably say it's the Jura, you know, in, in mm. France, it's this it, it kind of like longstanding as most French wine regions are with a lot of history and a lot of pedigree, but they're, they're sort of the bell of the ball these days. I mean, it's, people are excited about the farming practices. It's just in the middle of nowhere. It's in, it's in the Alps and it just has, uh, uh, a rusticity about it, but they're making incredible wines these days and they're farming the right way. And I think that's a really interesting thing for, for our consumer today to look for organic, sustainable, biodynamic, mm-hmm. whatever those, you know, uh, uh, sort of key descriptors are to how the wine is farmed. And then if it tastes great, you know, it, you win and you try to pick it yeah. up. So that's, that's a hot region. And I am always paying attention. You know, if you're seeing cool stuff coming out of South Korea, someone to share something with you, I'm sure you're paying attention. I, I find that, you know, very interesting, those parallels for sure. How do you, how do you pay attention now? Is it, is it literally just the, is it just the trade shows? Is that like the best? Cause you know, for example, like we, you know, Chase and I talk a lot about this a lot because, you know, we have to stay cued in, you have to pay a lot of attention. There's a lot of different avenues. There's like forums and people have moved to discord and we I've obviously keep in yeah. touch with a bunch of friends <clears throat> whose like opinions I trust and there's Instagram and that influences and like any one of these places can come up. But like, do you feel like those same avenues make sense for wine? Is that how you're paying attention to it? Or is there like different places you look or is it literally just experiences like going to new restaurants i think all those places you describe that you just described uh have relevance you know a long time ago i read a book called the it was called the four hour work week or something like that by tim mm-hmm. ferris he, and he's a great he, he kind of brought the, the the hack you know how do you how do you get yeah. a lot done in a little time and everybody's so busy um one of the things I do is try to ask questions of people that I really respect and yeah. that I know have either great wine programs. You know, if I get a chance to eat at Le Bernardin in New York with Aldo Sam, I always ask him, you know, what, what's, what's the coolest wine you have on the wine list and maybe give them even a price point, you know, what, what's been blowing your mind. And I, I do that of all of the people I respect. I mentioned David Lynch, Raj Parr, Bobby Stuckey, these guys are all people that I, I pay attention to what they're doing. And that's a hack. That's a real hack. Yeah. Now it's, it's scary to think if somebody's paying attention to me the same way, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm just, no, no. I mean, I, I definitely can, I can definitely pick a, a great wine in the room. I'm confident in that, but it is nice to, it is nice to be able to ask someone. And, and I think, you know, Tim Ferriss's lesson was, you know, why read the newspaper for two hours a day? Why don't you just ask two or three people that you meet in the morning that you really you know, respect and, you know, they pay attention to the news and just say, Hey, you know, what, what's new in the world today? What, you know, what's going on? And you, you get a big, you get a quick download without having to do all the heavy lifts. So I kind of do that a little bit. I, I follow Instagram pretty carefully, um, yeah. just to see what's happening. And then, 
you know, I guess, uh, just, you know, basically trying to get out there and get to some of these tastings and, and, and find the undiscovered. Yeah. That's so cool. And so exciting. It feels, you know, so, I mean, obviously there's a million parallels we can draw between this and fashion. It's mm-hmm. seasonal. It's read. I mean, it's like, there, there's issues with like how you sell it because you're in a certain place as opposed to another. Yeah. Like we have those same problems. Like there's like, obviously you're a guy who loves fashion. That's kind of, I mean, not, not how we know you, but we certainly keep in touch with him because of that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I'm yeah, sure I I'm, have the, there, there's some, I, I was thinking about it a little bit knowing this call was coming up and I was thinking about all the ways from that there are parallels and there's some, th- some I thought about that I thought were, were fascinating. Um, please shit. From, that's exactly where I was going with that. Well, from a couple things. One, I, I, when I was in Italy on this last trip, I was invited for my second time to the stone Island uh, factory. Incredible. And it's cool. not, so fun. Yeah. And it's not open to the public. It's, yeah. you know, you have to know somebody and I have, I have a good friend whose family um, comes from fashion and textiles, uh, Laurel Piana and his grandfather, uh, was also Antonio Ratti, who, um, there's a, a wing at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in in New York on called the Ratti, uh, expo. And it's basically a resource library, resource center, if you will, um, for textiles, but his grandfather invented printing on silk and, you know, Valentino and Gucci in the day was pretty serious stuff. And, um, and then his wife's family is the Laurel Piana side. And, you know, you get, they're in the wine business. They have a winery in Tuscany. That's how I know them. So there's that, there's a direct tie-in to a lot of people in fashion somehow play in the wine world. And I think it's fashion first and then wine. Right. So, um, but, uh, he's, he's got, he's friends with the guy from stone. One of the guys from stone Island, which actually just sold to Montclair, by the way. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, a very big sale. But we got invited again to go to the factory. And to me, it was like visiting DRC. The yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like, I'm like excited and nervous again. You know, it's in the middle of nowhere. You're <laughs> driving down these roads. There's no street signs. You, you know, you pull up. There's security. You're waiting outside. You're calling on the phone. And they're like, you're 10 minutes late. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to see you. Just like seeing a high-end wine. Exactly <laughs> yeah, the same yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Everything's the same. It's like, you, you, want, you feel like you're somebody's given you a gift to be there. That's how I feel when I get to go to um, Domaine de la Romanicanti in, in Burgundy. It's just like, I'm so lucky yeah. I get to walk in. And then once you walk in, it's the same thing. And at Domaine de la Romanicanti, there's, you know, four or five wines you get to try. You get to walk around, look around a little bit. And it's, you know, you're, you're on hallowed ground. And it's the same thing in Stone Island. You go to Stone Island and it's, it's the season. It's all laid out in these, absolutely perfectly manicured roads. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's your, it's your space. There's no one else. There was actually two other people there while we were there. You have a window of time. If you have any questions or somebody that's kind of just lurking on the side, yep. waiting for you to ask a question, you can try anything on you, on you want, buy anything you want, just kind of carry a bag with you, buy anything you want. Oh, Prices are super favorable. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you get to see, historic stuff right which fashion this is where it kind of diverts fashion and wine is centerline stuff it's like it's you almost every winery they just want things that taste good there's it's really hard to get it's really hard to do the shadow project that that stone island does right i mean they get crazy they go way out there and you can see all these different garments that they've made over the history of time and it's just like wow fashion 
fashion has the side of it that wine doesn't. And that's the side that's just like, you never know what's coming, right? It's, it, it, sometimes it's the, I don't know, it's the feather bikini top, right? Sure, I mean, sure, sure, sure. It's just shock and awe at some stage. And, um, and wine, is, wine is not like that. Wine is much more conservative, much more center line. And, um, but, but when you go to places like this, it's really interesting. Well, it's funny because it's like, because it, I I agree and because it's like fashion is going to be so it's visual, you know what I mean. So yeah. even mm-hmm. if they're just making a marketing play and they make some crazy thing out of you know and they don't really intend to sell that many, you're really just making an impact, you know what I mean. And that impact right. could have you know, this long lasting effect. That's mm-hmm. obviously a lot more difficult with one in that like. Absolutely. Only a handful of people are going to be able to drink it. You know what I mean? And then like, so how do you still make that splash and make it affect other sales and everything? And that's, that's, that is where it probably diverges a little bit in that like you can sort of, I don't want to say you, I mean, you no, I guess you can't, you can't really appreciate a wine that you don't have any access to. Whereas fashion, you know, I like, I love Laura Piano. I don't own, Mm -hmm. I don't think any, I I might have a scarf. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I don't have a ton of it. Um, and it's, and and it's it's just a function of like, that's, you know, kind of a little outside of my general price range. Yeah. And like, so, but I can still look at it and I look at the collections. I'm like, Oh my God, look at this and look at this. And we can draw inspiration from this, that, and the other, but it's obviously a little more difficult with wine. Although at the yeah, same time, like the person, there is a personal element to the wine and to like style that I think are pretty similar. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, um, there's definitely, you know, a fast, fast fashion and, and fast wine, right? It's like, sure. this is something I'm going to grab at the convenience store. It's got a screw cap and it's going to be gone within the first two hours I buy it. Yep. You know, it's going to be, you know, it's, it's, it's H and M it's, you know, t- you know, top coat or whatever that thing is called, you know, something yeah, yeah. along those lines. It's like, that's fast fashion. And then it kind of works its way up. I, I, I agree with you. I think the thing that, you know, you pointed out that really resonates is that wine has a limited sort of, uh, aesthetic. It's a, you know, 99% of the time it's in a 750 milliliter glass bottle. Yeah. So it's kind of like, how crazy can you get? with that glass bottle. And now we're starting to see some really interesting new and, and thoughtful labels that are attractive to maybe a younger generation or people that are willing to accept innovation and things like that. Mm-hmm. But still on, but still on the inside, it's like, I mean, I don't know how you, you got to tell the story for people to understand how crazy it is. And there is, there are those stories that are you know similar. It's regenerative farmed wine. It's um, no intervention. It's made fermented in, in, and, and made in an amphora from, mm-hmm, you know, a mm-hmm. hundred year old clay pot, you know, all those things. But then you got to, then you're already into the story. So just like from an aesthetic though, you are correct. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to really kind of stand out aesthetically. You got to be able to, you have to go in and tell stories right away. I mean, it's like, it's not unlike what we do in the sense, like, I guess what I mean is that like, we rely so much on like our team and uh, community and stuff like this to be able to tell those stories because you need the opportunity to do it just like you would need with the wine and that like, yes, of course, like you can look at two denim jackets and one can be from Zara and one can be from us and Zara takes really nice product photos, you know what I mean? So, but it has no story. It has no, it doesn't, the materials aren't the same by any stretch. There's a reason the price point's the price point and that can still make sense for someone for sure. You can still like learn to appreciate fashion through that lens, but at the same at the same time, 
what takes it from there to falling in love with the garment and knowing like who made it and obsessing about the designer and their personal style and their, the way they do things. And like, you know, like there's this brand coddle that we carried that would like, they were like raising the yaks that the wool comes from mm-hmm, and then they mm-hmm, were dying. Mm-hmm, they were unspooling mm-hmm. thread to dye it, mm-hmm. to re-spool it. So it matches perfectly. And it's like, that's the stuff that takes things for, to, for me that, that turns things into art. And I think wine is so similar that you just, you need some, once you hear that, you're like, Oh, if, if you're the type of person that's going to fall in love with stuff or at least like aspire to that, like that level, you're just, you're, I think it's just at the end of the day, it's you, you want to hear, you want to take it that much further. I think that like, the interesting thing for us is that like I find that a lot of guys that are into fashion are also into wine or into coffee or into like specific types of music even more specifically like how you listen to the music uh-huh, what machine uh-huh. are you and I think that it's like two that, channel hi-fi yeah yeah sure. it's like that type of person that is going to appreciate all of you know culture I think is always going to want it to take it to that level where it's like I want to know everything about it because I care that much about like what I wear or what I consume or what I you know I, I think I think that's probably the thing the thing that's most similar to wine is like, Mm -hmm. it's it's not really so much what it is, like what the art form is. It's really like the way it's appreciated. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you taught, you, you touched on an awful lot there. And I would go back to the very beginning where you mentioned Zara and there's a parallel starting there all the way up to Cottle. You know, there's a a wine parallel kind of all along the line. I would say that Gallo is Gallo is the Zara, right? They they hire great winemakers, and Zara hires the best designers sure. for sure. And and you know they're getting ready to you know crank a bunch of stuff out, and you know it, it hits the the general audience. But anybody who looks a little bit past it, you know, actually I've been I, I never went to the factory, but I was in the town where in in Galicia, northwest Spain, where it is, and it is all Zara all day. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like being in Modesto, California, where it's all Gallo. Yeah, 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 all day, and um, but but you quickly get past that if you if you can get introduced to it and you find you like it and you start to understand that there's more meaningful, a more nourishing and meaningful process behind this bottle of wine, um, and you start maybe you start to grow your your income starts to grow your you know your priorities shift and I think that's really also a huge part of the game today where you want to buy a wine where you know it's been made responsibly it's got to be is it similar in clothing i don't know i would i would think so i mean nobody wants to buy no one wants to buy i don't know if this is the right term but you know sweatshop you know where working conditions aren't great things of that nature if people knew really what was behind the deal would they really be buying yeah i mean certainly there's like financial circumstances and all that that are going to lead to like having to make certain decisions which i understand and appreciate i think it's more like training people to like not gawk at prices, you know what I mean? Because you mm-hmm. get, you get a, you can, you can kind of get accustomed to any price to, to a certain extent. Like, yeah, yeah. like, uh, like I'm, I'm conditioned to believe that like Celine and St. Laurent and all this stuff is like the high. And it's like, to be honest with you, there's probably, I mean, those are really old factories. They, they train them a certain way and all that's great. But to be honest with you at the end of the day, these, if you're talking about storyline, those are just big, beautiful factories that have been funded really well for a long time, mm-hmm. and, and they and they do mm-hmm. a great job. But it's definitely they're making a lot more units than say like, you know, some father. I mean, some yeah, some like father daughter team in like Japan that makes yeah. denim a certain way. It's like. Like it's, but the story is more interesting on one. It doesn't really make one better than the other. But if you're talking about like truly, if you, re- it depends on what you care about. And that's probably, I, I got to assume it's the same in wine. Like 
it really depends on what you care about that's going to take you down certain avenues. For example, can, a long time ago, I really wanted to get into jazz. Like I love music and I grew up, I just grew up in mm-hmm. not with, not with jazz, certainly. You know what I mean? I understand like its importance in culture, but I don't understand it as a, as a, or I didn't as a, as its own art form. So I'd asked somebody at a record store that I liked, I said, you know, this is the problem with jazz. Like, where do you get in? And he's like, well, what do you care about in music do you listen to now? And I said, mm-hmm. well, I play drums. Mm-hmm. And, and and he said, okay, so drums is going to be a good one. He said, what, 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 what have you heard in jazz that you're sort of attracted to? It doesn't matter what it is. And I said, well, I actually really, I really like electric piano. I said, I know it's a little bit more of a rare thing. He goes, no, great. Now you got two things you care about mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I can get you into something. Then you can start noticing the differences in the other things going on. And he goes, now that you are familiar with those and you're familiar with some of the cadence, he goes, now think of production. Think of different instruments that you don't normally listen to and like focus in on that. Is that, is that something that you can do with wine? Even like, no matter like what price point you're coming in at, like, is there a way that you could be like, focus on like the things that you like, for example, like the way I end up with wine I had is like, at least initially was, I really liked like cold, crisp, clean, like these, these kind of like, and Mm -hmm. and, and, and that was just because I, I luckily had, you know, a couple of guys that were really into food that were friends with me and they said, you gotta, you gotta zoom back. You you can't go all the way in at first, start way back. It's Mm kind of like, I always tell people, if you want to get into clothes, to be honest with you, the, the the best gateway drug you could have is jeans because everybody wears them. You're not going to be, you're not going to have any troubles getting into it. But the you can go all the way to full crazy town with jeans, and yeah. I feel like that's what leads <laughs> yeah. people onto a lot of different stuff. And that's how I got into like Japanese clothing for the first time was through you know Japanese denim. Is there is there like a way to do like a similar thing with wine? Like is there like man a- that is an awesome question, a great observation, and I think there's maybe a little bit. I think you know one on one discussion with you guys or anyone. I can probably, you know, help someone deduce directionally where to go to find something that's going to satisfy them, you know, based yeah, on, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, on you know, a lot of it's physiological, physiological, right. You know, do you sure. drink tea? Do you drink tea? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, whether the answer is yes or no. And you kind of understand if the, they like tannin, you know, you drink coffee, sure. oh, black, do you okay, add cream? Okay. You know, if you add cream, it's because you don't like the, the stronger flavors that are in coffee. So you want something a little bit softer yeah. and, uh, and sugar. That's an easy one. You add sugar to your coffee. Now you, now we know your palate, you, you drink a little sweeter. Huh. So things like this are relatively, those, those are pretty simple, but man, to have like some sort of heuristic algorithm where you were like, you know, put in your last five wines that you enjoyed the most and like where you were and, and mm-hmm. it would spit out at the end, like what you liked, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that would be killer. That would be super smart. But, um, um, yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I think you're right. I mean, I think, I, I mean, I got into it in jeans, I believe. No, actually, actually it was a, a sport, a sport coat. Yeah. Uh, I think you'd call it that, but John Vervetos, um, uh-huh. in New York at the old, uh, that old, uh, bar record place that, uh, yeah. Do you guys know that store that was there? Oh, the there was one like, that they put in CBGB? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. CBGB. That's it. See, I don't even remember the name of the yeah, store. Yeah, yeah. But, and I was like, can I justify this $1,400 jacket? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is crazy. And that's where I learned the, the terminology. It's a piece. It's a piece, right? It's a, it's going to be there for a long time. It's, t- yeah. it's sort of timeless. And you're going to have this piece and it's part of your 
collection. You get to wear it. You don't wear it all the time. You know, maybe even someday you could sell it if you wanted to. Yeah. So there was mm-hmm. all of these things that were like, wow, this is, I'm, I'm going into this at a, a serious level. Um, but it's, that's not unlike wine, not unlike it at all. So if I, you know, if you guys came to me and said, Hey, I want to, I, we're, we definitely want to start a collection for the store and you know, whatever it is, whiskey, wine, whatever you, you sit down and you, you build a little bit of a strategy. I think the best collector goes with education, with knowledge and a strategy. You know, you're, you're literally writing it out and then you're going to verify it. If I was going deep into fashion, I'd be calling one of you guys. Well, I do a lot anyway, but <laughs> like, Hey, is this, does this, you know, does this make sense for me? Yeah, and do I yeah, have yeah. you know too many of these or, you know, do I really need another one or where can I, where can I deploy my capital where this is really going to make sense for what I, you know, for what I have? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it kind of makes perfect sense. Even with what you were talking about with like with coffee or cream or sugar, it's kind of the same thing where if you go, well, I got a John Varvato's jacket that I really love. And I'm like, okay, cool. So now now I know what, like an aesthetic that you're drawn to. So I can make a couple suggestions based on that aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Or, and, and I know that like, obviously they cut things. I know the way they cut things. So I can be like, okay, so you're also going to want to veer here because that's, so it's like, it's, you yeah. really do need a little bit of a Sherpa. I think at, at the end of the day, it's kind of like I yeah. needed, uh, like you, I needed an older brother figure in my life to really guide me in music. You know what yeah. I mean? And that mm-hmm. really helped. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same thing here. Do you have like, so for, for me, and I know I think the same for um, Bob, who you obviously know too, uh, like I, one of my entry points into fashion or the thing that really hooked me was Ralph Lauren. Do you have something mm-hmm. in wine that was like, that was the first thing that ever like really hooked you, whether it was a maker or a kind of wine or something like that? Is Was, was there like, do you know like that, that first thing? I do. Yeah, absolutely. It was a German Riesling um, that hooked me first. And I, and I think for a couple of reasons. Um, one, if you can get people past the idea that they think they don't like sweet wine and you Mm -hmm. have a well-balanced, good acidity, um, Mm -hmm. you know, moderately sweet, the complexities that you find in a low alcohol German Riesling are fascinating. Nothing's, nothing makes you feel more confident than when you pick up a wine and you can say 10 descriptors and you know, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. white flowers and peaches and stones and mineral, whatever, whatever's, whatever the wine's telling you. And you're like, wow, that's, yeah, I yeah. love this. This is pretty awesome. Um, you know, I, this is a, this is something that I think everyone does. I think, I don't think people in, in, in their, in their very part of people in general, I don't think you love heavy peated scotch i really don't i think you recognize it i think people recognize it because they can pick it up they can smell it they're like oh i recognize this i'm going to drink this i understand what it is you know i'm going to learn the complexities of it but those drinkers often go to the to something different they they move on to um a rye uh, Mm -hmm. you know something Mm -hmm. else that's more Mm -hmm. that's more complex and has more nuances it's the same thing with 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 wine people get hooked on california cabernet and they say all roads lead to burgundy Right. So all roads lead to Burgundy because over the years you start to realize, wow, I, you know, I, there's other things I like, there's more nuances, there's more complexities, there's deeper stories, there's more rarity, more specific attributes to this area. And so, yeah. And so for me, it was German Riesling and Mm -hmm. I still love German, still love German Riesling. I was, I, I had, uh, in 1995, I had a 1971, um, Riesling long gold capsule Schloss Elt. I still remember the producer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that wine, uh, you could literally like, yeah, like a light went off for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, 
geez, this is, this stuff's incredible. And, uh, I need to learn more. I need to know more. And so then it was like a headlong journey into Riesling. So, um, I'm, I still drink Riesling. I still like it, but it's not the, it's not the wine that I, you know, it's not my desert Island wine for sure. Well, you know, Ken, so were you already a master Psalm at that point when you had that wine? No. Okay. No. That's okay. what led you. That's, yeah. yeah gotcha. No, I was, I was, uh, uh, I had gotten a job with Charlie Trotter and I was oh, basically wow. a back server slash bus boy coffee station, you know, do all doer of all things. And at the end of the night, helping the sommelier that was studying for his master sommelier by just organizing and tasting wines. And then I would get to taste behind him, mm-hmm. you know, the dre- the dregs of the dregs, <laughs> right. Just to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah. to learn. And, um, yeah, those were, there were some epiphanies in that, you know, in that one year long time while he was studying, he passed the master sommelier. It was a, that was a crash course. And that goes to your Sherpa idea, yeah. you know, or, yeah, or, yeah, or yeah. mentor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Somebody, somebody that can kind of help you shortcut. You have to have people around you that, you know, if you like it, you should find people around you that, you know, have more experience than you for sure. Yeah. Well, this is such a unique profession and that there is like a physiological thing that you need above other, other people. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. you can't, like, I, I don't know if this is true or not. Can I think, I think I know it's true, but like, I couldn't just decide like, I'm going to do this, right? Like you kind of have to have something, there's a je ne sais quoi with this. Yeah. That, like, like, so when did you, like, did someone ever, did, how did you, how did you know that you had it? Like the the, so, the palette. Do you do, do yeah. you have, do you have like a memory yeah. or something where it's like that's when it oh, kind of yeah. began? I have a I have a direct call out. Um, you know, I published my first book in 2020, so just right as we we're going into the pandemic, which mm-hmm. may have been good or a bad time, I'm not sure. But I talk a little Checks bit about boxes. that. Yeah, I talk a little bit about that um, in, in the book. Um, I had moved. I grew up on a ranch, pretty rural in Idaho. Mm-hmm. And I, I moved to go to university of Nevada, Las Vegas and started at, on campus and had not had really any experience, um, with alcohol, uh, my entire life. And so on campus in the hospitality program, they had a wine club and I joined the wine club to meet, meet people, meet girls primarily. And I was underage. You could actually taste and drink wine in the wine club on campus sanctioned. Um, even if you were, if you were part of the curriculum, but you know, not 21, you were still mm-hmm. able to taste wine. So that was an, an interesting, uh, opportunity for me. And the professor that headed up the wine club also did a wine appreciation class, a full semester long appreciation class. And about halfway through the semester took me aside, Dr. Don Bell, he took me aside and he said, listen, um, we don't have, an accredited beverage program at the university of Nevada, Las Vegas, we are working towards an accredited beverage program. But in all my years here at UNLV, I've never had anyone taste wine and describe wine the way you do. So mm-hmm. Ken, at that point, you, I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah. did you have any idea? Like, did you have any idea no. going into that? You just were doing this <laughs> for fun and it was just Zero. like, Holy shit. Yeah. Absolutely. Zero. I would just, pick up a wine and tell them what I thought I, I, I would, could smell or would smell. And, yeah. and if you, if you think about how I grew up, my father was a veterinarian. Um, we had the large animal practice on the ranch. Uh, you know, we would scrub for surgery. I'd, I, I would spray iodine on a, on a, you know, horse's belly while he opened it up and, you know, did some sort of surgery. And oh. I was around animals and cows and llamas and dogs and every you know, we grew alfalfa and we cut hay and we, you yeah, know, it's just yeah. er- everything around me. So if I picked up a wine, if I picked up a Bordeaux and I said, this smells like harness leather, 
it smelled like harness leather. I mean, it Damn. smelled like saddle leather. I yeah. Mean, I, knew, I, I knew all those. It's organoleptic memory is really interesting. I mean, you can train it like you train the ear or the eye. I mean, you just have to really train it. Yeah. And we have, we have the ability to, to train thousands of aromas, but most of us only know a few hundred because we, mm-hmm. we tune everything else out, huh. we tune it all out, you know? And I mean, if I smell a certain dog food that I, you know, I had to feed the dogs every day, I know what that dog food, I would, you know, you fresh were, fruits and vegetables, yeah. Yeah, it's just all there. I just had a, a, a kind of an uncanny memory sense memory in smell. And what that did is it just like opened me up to this ability to, to, to pick up a wine and, and find, you know, probably at that time, a couple of things that were just interesting to the professor, interesting to whomever. And, and a lot of people were like, Oh yeah, I, I smell that. Yeah. I, I get that. I know what cat pee smells like. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was just one of those things, not that everybody wants cat pee in a wine, but you know, there's a mercaptain that smells like cat pee and you're like, okay, that's what it is. And, um, so yeah, so I, it was it was by a stroke of a stroke of luck, and then when I start to think about growing up, I, I would always play games with my mom, like smelling things. She'd buy me a birthday present or whatever, and I'd open it up and I'd tell her what store she sh- was shopping in just by how the package smelled. So yeah, yeah. I had I had this really weird sense, and um, I, you know I've I've lost a lot of that. I think you lose those skills as you age, but um, you know I've made up for it by experience by just tasting a lot of wine. Are you able to hone that in sort of like on wine now? Because what I'm asking is because like, for example, I I mean, this is just a funny thing that came into my head. I got obsessed with when I was a kid, I I liked like fashion and stuff. And the way I could get into that was uh, through like Mm -hmm. scent, actually, like through like Mm -hmm. colognes and stuff, because you could sort of like put together 50 bucks, 70 bucks for a a designer cologne. And uh, and I had and Mark Jacobs was like the new thing at the time. It was very edgy at the time. You know, they bring back this 90s grunge look. I thought it was so cool. And I and I got the cologne for Christmas one year and Mm -hmm. I loved it and I wore it all through high school and it had like a very specific scent in my head and they stopped making it a long time ago and I got obsessed and I found one like through some weird reseller that would like that collects scents and preserves them and blah 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 I bought like a couple samples because I'm like it's not that I want to wear it I just want to see if I can get that like memory back and I got it and it like like, you smelled it and you're like oh my god it's like an instant transportation are you having that a lot. Yes, I, I, that seems I, I emotionally heavy. There are some things that are 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 tough. There they are. There are some emotionally tough things that that you can remember through from scent. your sense memory, but wow. through scent. But you you nailed it. You you know this is exactly the same for anybody who has a sense of smell. They have a sense of smell memory, and I I often teach people how to taste wine and I, to to give them the confidence which you already have because you just described you understand that you can connect the memory to what yeah. something smells like mm-hmm. but a lot of people don't and and then you say you know think about your favorite perfume or a perfume that maybe your grandmother wore or a cigar your your grandfather smoked and if you smell you know if I smell a swisher sweet within two blocks I I see an image of my granddad oh yeah I just do. wow and it's just like those are powerful sense memories and everybody has them so if I think if you're you know for me I don't know on a scale of like how heightened the sense memory was, but I definitely know it's something that I've tried to control or have yeah, wanted yeah, to control. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't necessarily want to go, you know, diving back into, you know, time every time I pick something up to smell it. So sure. you just kind of just, you know, m- move on. You get the, you get the markers and yeah. try to enjoy what you're, what you're doing. And if it's for work, you're really trying to find you know, classic stuff just like you guys would. Right. So mm-hmm. what makes, what makes sense in this piece? Right. So, um, yeah. 
So yeah, yeah there is. And it's, a, it can get, it can get a little, you know, I'm not going to pick up a glass of wine and start crying, but you know, I mean, it can be, there can definitely be some, some it's, intensity. It's just a, it, it, yeah, it's an, in, it, like, I'd say that like, and I know that I, this is an obvious, people talk about this a lot, that scent is one of the biggest triggers for yeah, memory. memory. And, yeah. But like, it really oh, does sure. like, it, it's like a, it's like more, it's a very transportive thing for yeah, sure. Yeah. Other than like, you know, not just memories or seeing something. Like if I see somebody I haven't seen in a while, blah, 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 you still have those memories, but it, I don't know. They don't flood you as quickly as scent. Scent mm-hmm. really like when it hits, it Super hits strong. hard. Yeah. And, and there's no doubt, you know exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, is there something like that in fashion? That's an interesting question. I, I, I would, I would want to know from you guys. Really? Is there like a, is there like a, 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 a fabric that you can, that you can throw on and you know that, wow, now I'm home. This feels I good. mean, to a certain like extent, I don't think it's as like emotional, Yeah, but I think that at the same time, like be- just because like you can draw, I mean, I don't know, maybe that's not true. Cause you can kind of draw inspiration from anywhere. I'd say that like when Bob and I look at stuff, like when we're going through racks or whatever, sometimes he'll be like, I love this. And I'll look at him. I'm like, it's like old Valentino. And it's like, yes, right. exactly. <laughs> and it can feel like, you know, exactly like who wore it, how they wore it, how it fit. Blah, blah. And so you, <laughs> have like this instant like memory access you know what i mean to the point where it's like if, if you know all the references mm-hmm. but i don't think it's not as easy for everyone to participate probably yeah. as like like scent is i mean it's the same thing like when you talk about when you know when you talk about uh like wine and you can say like oh, there's like a i don't know something like I, for me like for gasoline has always been like a really quick like it, it gets mm-hmm. me there like really fast just mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. i grew up near a lake we filled the boats the, up with yeah, gasoline and yeah, stuff and yeah. it's just like it's this really immediate memory and feeling i don't know that it's mm-hmm. like that but it's certainly i think you like you're accessing the same archives i think in like yeah. a way that, that it, that's pretty similar God, that is just so incredible to hear you talk about that because that just seems that to me just sounds like you know, like when you, when you start on a project and you pick like this, you know, I, I always say when you start on a project, you pick like this vision or mission statement or however you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I go, I, I want to go to the moon. I want to go as far out there as possible. So like if I was thinking about like, Hey, I want to, I want a new line of clothing and I want it to make people feel emotional, like yeah. something that, and even though that might be impossible, like you said, or, or, or less likely, that's a really cool, that's a, that's a cool starting cool, point. Yeah, a cool starting point. Yeah, cool, a cool objective, like where somebody would come in and be like, "Oh my god!" Like, yeah, that's that reminds okay. me of but you know, what I, I used to wear. That's that's. But designers, or at least good ones, are like you. They're like master sums. I'm not that. I'm good at curating things. I'm good at reference points. I'm good at the. I'm good at that type of memory. You know what I mean? Whereas like someone like. I'm just trying to think of like like Grace Wales Bonner is is in the they she's a fairly up and coming designer I think she's kind of mm-hmm. there now but she's done so much stuff with like purposefully collaborating with Adidas or things like this because she has this like there's a heritage she's trying to bring yeah. through in the clothes and as mm-hmm. soon as you look at it like even if you're not that familiar with her specific heritage mm-hmm. you know that you know the point she's drawing on you yep. it feels personal it looks the way she dresses it feels very like it's very visceral like the way you respond to it because you know it's someone it's you know it's personal to someone and i think that's kind of what you're describing that's what it like i think that's what a good designer does i mean that's what ralph lauren was doing he was going i want this to feel like a cinematic world that that i've made up in my head because that's what he was doing he he was you know a, a jewish guy that sold ties for a long i mean he didn't have that right but right, but, right. He, but he was obsessed with culture and pop culture and and he yeah, wanted want, to make uh, yeah. it feel like you wanted to he wanted to make you feel like Cary Grant like you could live <laughs> it not just look at it on a screen and I think that like so he obviously was so passionate to transport people into those worlds that you look at it and you're like I'm a, I mean uh, Chase just went to the the headquarters with us to, to view the collection oh, they yeah. have these different like uh, showrooms 
And that's what those showrooms are there for. It's to immediately transport you. They spend a lot of money on it to transport you. Oh, yeah. And it really does. I mean, even if it's not like a reference point you have, you still, it, it takes you there. You know what I mean? So I think that, that like great designers are able to do what you're describing. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I, when I put on a, a double RL flannel, it's like, I want to also just go get on my horse and, you know, ride, ride, yeah. ride, ride fence, you know, and just like, you know, that's a feeling that you have. I mean, uh, I think you're right. I mean, I, I, I don't think you see it often, but like you said, it's, it's people that are really thoughtful. Um, there's a, there's a, a designer that I like quite a bit. Um, not so much that I've done a ton of research on, but they're taking, um, a, a kind of a bent of tennis clothing, which, you know, my son's seven, he's playing a lot of tennis. Oh, and I see all these people, I see all these people show up to the, to the club and they're just in like the, the, they almost, it almost looks like serious athletic wear and where this person, um, Palm society is. The oh name yeah. Of the, Palm, very cool. And they just create this like, yeah, man, I play tennis, but I've got this badass sweater and this yeah, killer polo. Yeah. And it's just the vibe is even the, the way the shorts are cut. It's just like it makes you want to play so tennis. Awesome. And I've never played 100%. it in my life. Oh, yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I love that stuff. And yeah, I think you're right. I got a question for you guys. because yeah. This is something that's interesting. I just had a, a, a young a young sommelier from Chicago uh, reach out to me a, a couple weeks ago <clears throat> asking about maybe uh, apprenticeship or mentorship or both, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. They want to get in, they kind of want to fast track. What do you guys say when someone comes and they want to, you know, buy clothes? Like what, are, what's the number one, if someone walks into the store, how, how do you give someone, uh, you know, good direction on, on what they should be buying and wh- how do they feel good when they walk out of the store? Yeah. You know, they're so- spending, I'm just curious because I'm doing the same thing. Like they're coming to buy some wine or they want to buy wine. And I'm like, you know, look, this is worth it. But you got to say more than this is worth it. Right. Yeah, so. yeah no, for sure. I I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head. It's like you want them to walk out feeling good. I think the first thing I tell people is like find what you're comfortable in and like lean into it because nothing is worse. Mm. And, we, and we all know the day you, you walk out the house and you're like, all right, you know, I'm going to try this new bit. I got this new little thing. And, and you realize, and I ran, oh, I hate how I look in this. I hate how I feel in this. It's all I can think about. I want to go home and change. I want the day to be done. Mm. So I don't have to wear this outfit anymore. So I think first and foremost, I tell people like, I don't like, what are you comfortable in? You know what I mean? And even if, even if you haven't shopped in this, this niche, you have an idea of like, you know, I like, maybe I don't want my pants to fit super baggy. I like, or, you know, I might have, Mm -hmm. I might not be super tall. So maybe I want something with a taper. So it's like, what are you going to be comfortable in first and foremost? Because if you're not comfortable, you're not confident and you're not going to like present yourself the best that you could. Right. Like again, Mm -hmm. if you're sitting all day, like, ugh, I, the shirt isn't fitting me right or the way that I, whatever it is, I say first and foremost, you want to leave feeling confident. You want to feel good. What I think is that like the core of what Chase is Mm -hmm. saying though, is that you want to build trust with the person. The last thing you Mm want to do is, is it being snake oil? It's not, I'm not going to try to convince you into this. Like if you're just coming in for the first time, you do not need some avant-garde piece from Comme de Garcon. Mm -mm. You know what I mean? Like that's not going to be for you because you're not going to appreciate it the right way until you've like, 
you, 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 you're like, unless you're attracted to it right away, then that's a whole other world. Right. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I just mean like, I'm not going to try to sell you into something that like doesn't make sense for you. If you come in and you're like, I'm just like a t-shirt and jeans kind of guy. I'm like, that's a cool guy. Great. We can yeah. get you. I yeah. mean, I could, but I could, but let me, let me try to connect you to your jeans more than just, I buy Levi's 501s. Well, let me, let me show you these jeans that are based on 501s that are being done the old way. They twist the way on the left side, the way they mm-hmm. all, all did. Like, mm-hmm. and they're doing that on purpose and they wash them down. So they, they're going to break in a little faster and it's made from this, you know, high, you know, you know, super hairy denim or whatever, you know, whatever it is. It's like, you're just trying to connect people further and you have to build a little bit of a trust with people Mm -hmm. first to like, also I, I, we just don't want to bullshit people. I think that like for a long time, that's how fashion retail worked. It was, it was kind of bullshit. You look great. Oh, just lean into it. Yeah. Yeah, We just want to create a trust and because, uh, you know, to me, it's still really important that what I think fashion lacked for a long time is community. Um, and mm-hmm. because it was much more gate kept than it is now. Now, honestly, I think social media and everything, and I'm sure the same, same with wine is you don't, you don't have to go to a restaurant to hear about a new wine. Like social media has made so that you can learn about wines all over the place. People do in all seconds. sorts of in seconds yeah. and it's so awesome, but it's also overwhelming. You know what I mean? So it's, I think it's very similar in fashion that we want to create a community and a trust with the customers that like is beyond just like selling them something they don't need. You know what I mean? Cause that's fine. Mm-hmm. That can be fine for business, but it's not fine for what we do, which I think is a lot more personal. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's really just wanting to develop this like relationship with them so that, that, that they're going to go, yo, I love the jeans. I've been wearing them nonstop. I learned more about them when I got home. What else do you like? How can I advance this a little bit further? Like now that I got the jeans, what do I need next? Yep, and that's, yep, yep. that's what we're trying to build. I think that's what I tell people is like, that, that's, you know, that's insightful. Because I, you know, I feel that way when I when I work with you guys, and this is not a plug for you guys, but you you've turned me on to producers that are that it's kind of like wine being turned on to a producer in wine that you know I, I like it, it's comfortable. Yeah. You know, beans beans is comfortable for me. I like yeah, beans. yeah, yeah, I, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like I, I almost see, I, I almost want to see everything that beans has from jackets to to pants to what it doesn't matter. It's like I want to take a look at it, and that's like falling in love with a wine producer. You're like, oh my gosh, you know, you know, I love this wine producer from the Loire Valley and, and, and I, I want to try everything they do white and rest, you know? So, so that kind of, is, that trust and confidence is very important. And then the other thing is, is like, I think that, um, the other parallel of what you guys just described and Chase said, it's like a little bit, once you get out of the house, right. You mm-hmm. do have to have a level of confidence. Yep. Yeah, and if yeah, you know yeah, that, you know, and if you know that it has a, a story behind it or whatever. So like, if I'm going to walk into a party and somebody's like, um, you know, do you want to, you know, what do you want to drink? And I, I'm going to order what I really like and be confident that that's what I like. I, I love, and, and you know, I know this is going to be on the podcast, but I love rosé wine. Yeah. Simple French rosé wine. I love it. And you know what else? I love it's it with fun. ice cubes in it. Let's go. With Hell, ice yeah. Hell yeah. I you put know, some ice cubes in that shit. I like that a lot because like, that's <laughs> like I said before, like one of the things that like, I like, I will go, I will go home and I will get a wine glass of, of water with ice in it just because it feels it's something about yeah. it being cold and yeah. like a little bit elevated for no reason that makes it better yeah. to me. And I think that sometimes like that's how it is with wine is like, I guess that was a question I had is like, what makes you enjoy wine just at its root? Not, not what, not a, what is objectively good or what is objectively interesting. It's kind of the same thing with clothes. Like I like playing with proportion. I've always mm-hmm. liked it. Mm-hmm. I like that. Like the volumes change. You don't have to be it's like, I can wear like what I'm wearing right now, which is a knit vest, a white t-shirt and, and, and a pair of black pants. That sounds, boring but like the proportions on all those things are unique and that's what makes them interesting and that's fun because that's the world I like to play with clothes 
personally. Some people like tons of patterns or mixing patterns or whatever it is. Right. Is there something in wine that you're like, that's just what makes me enjoy, like personally, my yeah, personal yeah, yeah. like wine. Man, the that's, most. that's really interesting. Like, so I don't know if it, I, there, I don't know that there is a parallel. I hope there is, but for sure it's community. It's like, yeah, I like, I love that. You know, I like, I like bringing, you know, sharing wine or bringing wine or, you know, a big bottle that I'm not going to be able to drink all of and sharing with people that enjoy it or people that yeah. are learning or maybe even they don't know. And it's like, Hey, you're, you're having something pretty special. We had a, we had a natural wine tasting in Chicago, uh, this last month. And, um, on the 26th of this last month and the after party, I took a six liter of Gibberto and even the importer that I, I, I bought it in France. So um, the importer's like, I've never seen one of those. I've been selling Gibberto for 15 years. I've never seen yeah. one. I'm so excited to try <laughs> this. And it was like, that was like a really cool moment. So like to be part of that community, that's yeah. really the driving force with wine uh, for me today. And it's like taking, it used to be gatekeeper shit totally. For sure. And like you guys just said in fashion, it was like so gatekeeper, but th- those days are over. Now it's like, Hey, let's find cool stuff, well-made stuff. Let's, share it with the community. Of course. Let's try to help some of these small producers get a foothold against, you know, the beasts that are out there, the corporate monsters that, you know, control all the wine. Yeah. yeah. 70% of the wine sold in the United States is sold from six different companies, you know? So, oh, wow. Yeah. It, it, you know, is that the same in fashion? That's a good, definitely interesting question. Yeah. LVMH. Yeah. They like, you know, like these, these, the yeah. handful of things will own most of it. Now, to be honest with you, not to toot our own horn, but like that's, we don't have a ton of that here. I mean, there's still some right. of course, yeah. cause there's inevitable bleed and there's still people doing interesting things inside of those, those, uh, those corporate giants. But at the same time, like, like I'd say a lot of our stuff really isn't that way. Like we're looking for the stuff that doesn't fit into that kind of. Right. Right. You know, it's funny again, like kind of like what you said of like the community thing. I think that's what, like what you just described is exactly what I mean by like community and trust when I'm t- selling to a customer. Because what I mean is like, we went to, um, this great little like farm to table style restaurant in Denver yeah. and we were, you know, just, it was a very casual night. They, they, they are like known for slow service. It's, it's really, and it's, yeah. and it's really like, it's a really casual, but high end situation. Yeah, it was really, yeah. it was a nice dinner. We, I really, one of the better dinners it I've had in a Paige's while. It was for birthday. Mm-hmm. Oh, and wow. Bob had ordered a wine and I believe it was a white burgundy. Now the night, what I'm, what I'm getting at here is like the nice thing about it was that we sat, we were all in, we were the chase and me and Cooper, who I think you've maybe met before. We were sitting at this one at the table and we tried the wine. We're all like, Oh wow. It's so good. Yeah. The three of us felt very comfortable to talk about the wine without feeling judged. Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that that's exactly what I'm trying to like. That's what we're talking about with how we talk to customers is that like, I want it to feel like it's okay to not fully get it and still uh-huh. have fun. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's how you learn is where you've like feel open to like, talk about it. And that's the same yeah. way with wine where like, if you can sit down there and there's no really, there's no wrong answers and you're like, Oh, I do taste that. Or I do. Or like, Oh, yeah, that makes me yeah. enjoy it in a different way because he said it tastes like apricot or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's, what's really mm-hmm. fun. That's when wine goes from like, for, to me becomes really enjoyable beyond just like it paired well with yeah, no sharing it, sharing it with yeah. someone. Yeah. Timothy, Timothy handed oh. me, he goes, Hey dude, real fast. What do you, what do you taste here? And I'm like, Oh, I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe like a little, maybe like some nutmeg. And he goes, do you get any apple? I feel like it tastes like apple. And yeah, that, that, that was super fun. And it was nice to hear you say too, 
uh, just circling way back. Like there is no, like you said, if a wine smells like uh, a horse hide uh, saddle yeah. or something, that's what it smells like. There is no right or wrong answer. And so it's cool to know it. If it smells like fucking silly putty, that's what it smells like. And that's it. Absolutely. It's just the truth. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. There's, there's some level of utility in, in all this stuff. Once you get past the fact of whether or not it's faulted like a wine. So if it's, if there's something faulty or like a bad fermentation or mm-hmm. something sure, that's happening sure, sure. in the wine, then, you know, but right after that, it's pretty much subjective. Yeah. It's like it's, somebody may love the wine and somebody may be like, you know, that's terrible. And it's probably very similar in, in fashion. Yeah, yeah. In clothes. But no, I've always loved the fact that, you know, I'm in Chicago and you guys are there, but you, you've given me opportunities to take chances on things and that have just said, Hey, if you don't love it, send it back and mm-hmm. you know, we'll do, we'll try something else. And th- that's like a really great way to build confidence, I believe. And you know, it, it, to the end, a certain extent, you know, wine has got this level of vanity that once you open it, you know, it's pretty much gone, but um, you know, we can start to understand what people like by styles and what they drink and you know what they're ordering most of our clients are not individuals they're the restaurants led by sommelier the retailers led yeah. by a wine buyer and they're buying you know lots of stuff so it's it's important to have that that level of trust so it's a pretty pretty similar for us um and it's being a good merchant right being able to 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 dig in and be able to tell someone you know something that's specific versus um you know no communication at all for whatever you're buying which is sadly how a lot of the wine gets sold these days. Yeah. Mm. Okay, if I'm like, let's just like, it, I, I feel like some of our listeners are going to maybe have some of these questions. So I want to ask them for them. Like, mm-hmm. let's say I'm, you know, a younger person, I'm getting into wine maybe for the first time, or I'm starting to go to like slightly nicer restaurants or going on a date. And I want to mm-hmm. make sure I'm like ordering the right wine. Like, what are some like, like, for example, a couple, I, I'd gotten some good advice of like, Hey, make sure you like keep the bottle or take a picture of the bottle. Cause and then, and then mm-hmm. take some notes mm-hmm. with it. So the next time, like if you're in a wine, shop you could show it to them and say hey i had this i loved this about it and maybe they can help you like go on to the next one and that was really helpful because i've used that sense a ton and like but i also wonder is there any other like little tricks like that like i've always wondered personally like i've heard a million people like describe different palate cleansers like what's the right one to use or something like that like is there a couple pieces of like quick advice if you're getting into this that you should know up front as you're like learning absolutely i think you're on your own individual journey, right? So mm-hmm. tr- trust a little bit in yourself, have confidence a little bit in yourself mm-hmm. and, and know if you like something first and foremost, before you get into, you know, is it sweet? Is it dry? Is it got wood? How old do you think it is? Is it, you know, uh, earthy versus fruity is, you know, all of those kinds of things before that you answer that simple question of, Hey, I like this wine and on a scale of one to 10, 10 being, I want to drink this wine every day for the rest of my life. Where does this mm-hmm. rank? Mm-hmm. It ranks, a, it ranks a seven. Okay, good. Then I can be pretty happy with that wine regularly and I'm going to, you know, pay attention to it. Now I want to learn more. I want to, I want to know more. So it's your own individual journey. It's, I, I, it's, I can't stress that enough. Um, people look to, to a lot of times young sommeliers look up to other sommeliers and they start to like a particular region, whether they really like it or not. Cause they're just like, yeah. Oh man, all the cool kids are drinking. Yeah. Like I mentioned earlier, Jura or all the cool kids. You don't have to like it. I mean, quite honestly, if somebody's getting into wine right now, the country that I would go explore the most is Spain. I would mm-hmm. drink everything I could from Spain right now. It's a, it's a, a revolution. There's an old book called the new Spain. It's like a dozen years old and it's so old and it's still, you know, right now that there's so much happening in Spain, there's this young generation of 20 something 
uh, winemakers making wine everywhere from the Canary Islands to classic places like Rioja. And all the wines are great values, very interesting. I mean, Spain is a journey right now. It's, it's been blowing my mind. Wines I can find in the Canary Islands for 25 bucks that are just like, oh my God, this is like baby cocherie. You know, it's like delicious. I love yeah. this stuff. <laughs> and so like, that's where I would go. And I think as, you know, telling someone that's, that's just kind of getting into it or kind of wanting to get into it, um, find some, you know, the next thing would be to kind of find a, somebody who can help mentor or shortcut or what hack a little bit and, 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 you know, somebody to, to be part of your community, you know, start to get into your little community somehow, even if it's a small tasting group or, you know, five 30 on Thursdays at the store, when things start to wind down, you guys grab a bottle of Spanish wine and kind of, you know, chip away at it and find out if you like it or, or what have you. And I think that's the, that's the key. I was, um, the pandemic was an interesting time uh, for, uh, for all of us, obviously, but mm-hmm. it was a time where people started to communicate a lot through Zoom and it became a regular you know, way for people to have meetings and discuss. And, and Zoom wine tastings became huge where we would send oh, out cases of wine, the same wine to you know, 10 different people in the same group. Maybe it's a family or a group of managers in a company or what have you. Myself, Fernando we'd lead them through an hour and a half tasting where they're all tasting the same wine in different parts of the country. And that would really bring the community in. People were willing to talk about it and and so forth. So I think that's probably the third thing is to start to build your own community with people that are, are like-minded or, you know, maybe even from a budget perspective. And, you know, it's really hard for me. I have this one collector that I would consider him a friend, but the wines he's drinking are not the wines that I drink regularly. Mm-hmm. You know, those are t- t- typically the wines I go and open up for people and work as a sommelier yeah. just so yeah, I can yeah. get a little tiny taste of it. And so that, that doesn't really do you a ton of good. I mean, you really want to be with a group that's really like-minded and maybe looking after building the same, you know, the same stage you're at in building mm-hmm. and, ex- oh, and explore smart, yeah. together. Very cool. Well, Ken, mm-hmm. we're kind of, I can't believe we blew past yeah, our was. hour like that. So we'll, we, <laughs> oh, man, we'll, have fun. To, we'll have to have you on again. We have one more thing before we wrap up that we always do, which is basically hot takes. Now these are, we just throw out something that like, you know, it's it just, might may, you may or may not have a divisive answer. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. just, we just want to get deep into your brain, <laughs> yeah. you know? Love and it. and Love because it. you are who you are, we, I think like I, I, I got, uh, like the, a, a death row meal like book when I was a kid, like not a kid, but I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so interesting. Cause you're like, Oh, this is beyond just like, this really tells you about the person a little bit too. Yeah. Do you have, do you know what your like death row meal and wine I'm assuming would be, or maybe it wouldn't, maybe it's not wine. Oh man, right off the top of my head, I'd want it to be a long meal. So it's my death row meal. So yeah. I'm thinking like <laughs> black horses, multi-course, multi-course. No, I'm a, I'm a simpleton. I'll, I'll be honest. If I like, my favorite thing is I, I like to make myself wa- waffles. You know, I love waffles. No like, kidding. Really, really good, you know, maple syrup, some artisan produced syrup from Canada or something like that. Yeah. And, I, and just have, have wa- a crispy waffle is I once wanted to write a book on waffles, to be honest. I, I love waffles so much. And it's just like, I, I think I'd have to go down uh, eating a waffle. Now, from a wine, <laughs> that's crazy. I love that about wine. you, Ken. Yeah, I that's love a that. really great answer. <laughs> that, that, that's awesome. <laughs> I just want to eat a waffle, you know, whether I'm hungry or, or yeah. high or, or, or whatever. I just, I've always got yeah, room yeah, for a yeah, waffle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, uh, now, let's see. How about 
a wine. Um, let's make it a Magnum. Let's not be to- yeah, yeah, yeah. totally, totally gross. Right. I could, mm-hmm. you know, I'm never going to drink a Jeroboam myself, but, um, a Magnum on death row of, a, of, a, of the right wine, um, I could probably do it. And I would say, you know, for me, I don't know, it'd probably be Loire Mousini, you know, red Burgundy from mm-hmm. yeah. a, a rare producer. I mean, I can't fathom what a Magnum of Loire Mousini would go for these days. But if I had to say, um, I'm going to say it's probably north of 40 grand for a bottle. Oh, mag. yeah. Tie it going and, down. And, uh, let's, let's do it, it bro. Do it. Yeah. yeah. I'm going down swinging. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a little bit of a dichotomy there. It goes from waffles to Mousini, Loire Mousini. But, um, you know, I don't know. I guess I have a more sophisticated, um, more knowledge and sophistication on the wine side of things, I suppose. Yeah. Awesome. That, that's this is exactly what I wanted to hear. Yeah. On the note of that wine, is sorry, I, I know so little about it. Would there be any notes that you could call out that you would expect to taste in that wine, or is it something that would differ? That's true. That's true life. That wine is true life. So it will differ. Mm-hmm. It is. It is a moving target, and it is probably the best descriptors become the ones I hate the most when someone gives sort of inanimate objects. Uh, life, but th- this is truly, this is really al- alive. So, you know, it being ethereal probably doesn't make a lot of sense, but I'm sure you could go from everything from sweet red fruits to uh, advanced balsamic characters, things like hmm. that. Depends on the vintage, depends yeah. on the vintage. Mm-hmm. But I mean, people are like, oh, why do you want balsamic in a wine? And I'm like, okay, well, let, let me taste you on this 50 year old balsamic from this tiny Asataya in Modena. And you tell me how much flavor and how much length of flavor and power this one drop has. You have it just yeah. explodes in your mouth. And wine can get in aged wine can get into those categories and things like that. So I mean, it's a bit of a moving target. But I, I, what I look, what I, why I would choose that wine is because one, I probably, I've only had it one, once before in my life, and and I wouldn't know what to expect, but I know it'd be damn good. Fun, yeah, yeah. I love That's that. That's a great answer. Ken, thank you so much for doing this, man. Yeah. We, we absolutely <laughs> we got to have you back on because I think there's a lot more to Such explore here. Yeah. Or at least next time we'll have to have Bob in so you guys can tell the wine stories you tell me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, it's so fun. I, I love what you guys are doing. I love the, the idea of this podcast. And I know a lot of it's driven by your community and the things you're doing for your community. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's fantastic. I, uh, the last thing I would say to you guys is I really, I, you know, I've been pitching Bob for a while, but it, and you, Timothy, as well. You got to get it back on your radar. A pop up in Chicago. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, the, I'd the, love the to. The team, you, you ship a couple, a few trunks of clothes. Sure. And we take over a great spot. We have sick Japanese whiskey and wine, and we bring in. You know, we work hard to bring in a lot of people that want to hear the stories that you guys have, and you do. You know, a, a Sunday, Monday, something like that. Where yeah. we got like, to figure it out. Plus, I mean, you're going to start a frenzy bringing this up now. I know, so we're yeah, going yeah. to have to now because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the, the, the it, customers are going to hear it. Hundred percent Chicago pop up. I'm, okay, I'm all for cool. it. We'll make it. All right, we'll make it happen. All right, Ken. Big we'll let hugs, you get back guys. to. It. Have fun with your travels and everything, man. Really appreciate talking to you. We'll have you back on soon. All right, talk soon. Bye bye. Have a good.